we are. Hello, good morning. Uh, I'm here with Jerry Dramont. And what I've done is I've devised a little game for him, which is how the hell did Jerry do all those sessions all those years ago? Well, <laughs> I'm going to tell you. So what he told me was that he was presented with music, which was not completely written out, and they had to come up with parts. So what I've done is I have these little pieces of paper here, which are covered in sort of notes. But Jerry has no notes. He just has slashes. That means play whatever you like. <laughs> goes, oh, yes, I know. This is something completely different, and it's not Monty Python. It is something completely different, though. And so this, this is just going to be a real simple thing. So, and and, and it would be interesting to see what you come up with. Here's what it is. Okay. So that was absolutely in there. Straight ahead, but then you think that out of years now we've gotten the basic feel of it, we've learned the song, let's try to um, give a different approach. Okay, great. Let's Same tempo. Same tempo. And I'll, um, I can see something happening here. Okay, let's do that. Let's do that. Okay. So this is take two, and this is exactly what happens on the session, folks. You know, when people are working out a song in the studio, they might find, hey, wait, I've got a different idea. Let's try that. So that's what we're doing now. Okay. And here we go. One, two, buckle my shoe. Something like that, you know, it's so two, three, four. <laughs> 
but very nice. Very nice. Yeah. So tell me what you were thinking about there. Um, just um, being more lyrical, and now that I know the pattern, what's going to be, I can knew when to make the move to the bridge and figure out what that was really looking at. The B flat major seven to the E minor, E minor flat five. And for the, I like to, I like to like the extended parts of the chord. I tend to um, yes. when I include them some kind of way, um, at a given time. Is it the flat um, flat five? Yeah. I didn't play that because I didn't really focus. I most most focus only on playing the pole, the line. Yeah. Actually, that five stays with the E flat. Composition going flowing and going to right. go back is what the key would be. Yeah. Now, I'm, at this point, I just must ask you about the way that you're actually striking the strings with your finger. I know this is this is getting into some bass nerd stuff, which I'm sure you'll enjoy. So let's let's talk about the bass nerd stuff. Um, just tell me. I mean, it's not, it looks to me like you're really batting the hell out of those strings. You know, I play. Actually, it, uh, my practice when I amp, mm -hmm. which is kind of, you know, it's like a course between, okay, you can't hear the inadvertent ringing that's going on because you're not being amplified, uh -huh. but it gives me a sense of tonality, a sense of feeling yes. and involvement because I'm actually, you know, making the sound myself yes. and it's being reproduced by, um, amplified right, by an amp right, as opposed right. to the amp doing the work. Right. So I play pretty um, aggressively, acoustically basically. That's, right. that's what I, you know, I started playing acoustically and I really haven't stopped. I've learned to use the amp, the feedback to make sure that I'm muting properly, if I need muting, because you don't need right. music until you need it. Yeah. I don't mute you know, just arbitrarily, I'm only mute when I hear a string ringing when it shouldn't be ringing. Yeah. And I try to position my fingers so, yeah. even if I'm not You're aware really of it, I'm stopping it, I'll put it between the strings or above the string. I'll right. put it anywhere it's necessary to um, do the job, to keep the bass quiet. Okay. So and, let's, and let's move on. In a, and it's, it's about if I want it to be legato or staccato. Yes, it comes course, down that's to. what I mean, yeah. 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 But I'll um, do my best. No, 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 no. The, the thing is the tempo. The, right. the whole idea is the tempo that was playing in, right. and the key, and the, and the chord progression. Okay. Well, now, let's just imagine that you're being given now a completely different thing. Then this is just on one chord, A, but it's a very slow kind of groove. And I'm going to just play it, and then you, you can come up with something. Same thing you play, too. Mm. Mm. 
Yeah. So I'm developing a pattern. Yeah. Um, harmonic, rhythmic, and then I try to develop it or even scale back from it yeah. and make it as simple as possible. For instance, that same line we played. Thank you. 
interpretation of the chord in terms yeah. of usually the bass plays the root and the fifth. Um, but I'm playing what I'm hearing, and it's not always the root and the fifth. And I'm not sure. Even... And, and that's that's what that's why it works because it gives you mm -hmm. it gives you other. Of course, yeah. what's on top is in relation to what's on the mm -hmm. So, yeah. And ascending and descending and uh, playing pickups, leads, and fills. Uh -huh. These are the things that you know at the right time. Well, yeah, it's that make it come to, make it come alive. The spaces. You know? Yeah. Go ahead, do that again. something different from what was on the original record. But, but let's just track them, just for the hell of it.
purposely put it down a tone just for the hell of it. And yeah, I had to think about not playing what I, you know. Yeah. I like playing the killer though because I usually you hear the same thing. Yeah, that's it. Well, you went into it. I had to go into yeah. the. But I, but I love the way you did it at the beginning because it definitely was not the killer drill baseline. <laughs> of course and not. And so it gave it all a different different color. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is great. Um, so that's something that happens to musicians, folks. Um, of course, not all musicians get put in the hot seat by Uncle Richard, but some people do. For I'm one of the fortunate ones. Well, yes, the fortunate. Thank you for that. I think once you hear the notes, it's finding out how you want to play them yes. and where you want to play them, yes. what time you want to play them yes. in a particular position or a particular fingering. Yes. So you have to, once you sort that out yes. and you're able to improvise around that position, yes. then you're comfortable. At that yes. time, you're stuck playing notes. Yes. And um, the pickup to the notes, <laughs> the sections you're learning the song, yeah. these are things that you're learning the song yeah. and learning how to play the song. Sure. I always say, what's the play and what's next? Uh -huh. How are you going to play it? Yeah. What's next? How are you going to play it? Uh -huh. What's next? How are you going to play it? Right. What's next? How are you going to play it? So when you're playing changes, you have to be able to decipher all that and figure out where I am now, where I'm going, where I want to go, uh -huh. and what's going to happen on the turnaround. So there's a lot of manipulations, you know, under paddling, sure, sure. feet and, paddling. And if you were to, I mean, probably everybody asks you this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway because I'm so unoriginal. Uh, uh, As I. Well, if you were to give advice to a young bass player who's just starting to get on the scene and what should I do when I get to sessions what should I how should I behave how should I act what should I play what should, what, what kind of advice would you give to a, a young person to listen to listen basically be yourself and um, look for opportunities to, to shine when you when you can and look of always be able to support mm. you know it's about supporting what's around you um, it's a simple, um, easier said than done. Right. You know, and getting along, getting along with people. Yes. You know, and listening is, mm. is the key. Yeah, there's the social thing and the musical thing, of course. Yes, and sometimes you have to um, bow to one or the other. Yeah. Or incorporate them both. I mean, it's art like like you do. You incorporate them them both. Either the musical thing, the social thing, which is great. Everybody doesn't have those skills. Right, right. Well, that's true. So you just shut up and play. I've always thought <laughs> yeah. it was much better idea to have a good atmosphere in the studio. But, I mean, some cool. some producers don't care about that. They just want to kind of get things done in their way. And if they, if you know, it's their way or the highway. And uh, mm -hmm. Then you write out the part the way you want it, you know, have yes, somebody exactly. arrange exactly. it. If that's, if that's the case. Precisely, yeah. But usually... Um, Everybody wants to get in and get out within the, you know, it's a challenge to get something done in three to four hours. Um, yeah, depending on what it is, of course. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And uh, what do you think is the main quality that you have had in your professional work that has made people say, let's call Jerry? <laughs> What's the main thing that they, they, they knew that if they called Jerry, they would get X? I, I have a way of making something out of nothing, basically. Right. So if they don't have anything, I'll, bring, I'll make up something mm -hmm. basically on the spot. Right. And I learn to, you know, as I go along to, to develop that idea uh -huh. and show others what I'm doing in terms of, um, you know, they follow what I'm playing. Right. Um, the style, I might create a style within a, within a, a arrangement. 
I mean, pick your spots. Right. You know, and sure. sometimes there's nothing, there have been times where there's nothing to understand. Right. And you have to make up something. But when somebody's singing, it's very easy for me to come up with a part. Right. And the same thing playing. If I hear it enough times, I can hear usually a line that's going to flow through it and cut through the change. It's right. not like going from change to change to change to change. I try to avoid that and find passing tones to make the one line work for the whole maybe two chord changes as opposed to knocking out, delineating each particular chord change. Yes. That's yes. my jazz background. Yes, But exactly. then there's some popular music, you know, you want to hear the change sometimes. The thing with the style of music, you want to hear um, the definite change. Sometimes yes. I can get away with not playing the definite change or playing right. the third in the bass or the fifth in the bass. Right, sure. Um, it's um, inversions, I guess that's yes. the best way to call yes. it, put it. Yes. Chord inversions. I use that a lot. Right, I, I, I notice. And <laughs> Here's another fun question. You've worked with some pretty great producers in your life. Mm -hmm. Tell me who was the most fun producer to work with. Producers, producers, was, producers. You know, who created fun. the happiest atmosphere in the studio? Tom Dowd, right. Arif Mardin. Right. Um, a lot of times the arrangers would call me, like um, Bert DeCoteau. Um, and sometimes you wouldn't even see the producer, you'd see the arranger. Right, of course. I had more contact with the arranger. Yes. Or the contractor who called me for yes. the arranger. Yes. Than the producer itself. Sometimes the producer, you wouldn't even know who the producer was. Right. Um, basically, a lot of sessions. Um, I remember one, um, George Butler was great to work with. Right. Um, from Blue Note. Why was George Butler great, great to work with? Well, he took me to. He called me for different artists, a lot of jazz artists, a lot of crossover right, stuff. Lou right. Donaldson, that's the, um, the um, oh, yeah. horn player. Uh -huh. I recorded with him at Rudy Van Gelder's, right. which was, I didn't know at the time <laughs> that how historic the place oh, was. Yeah. <laughs> it was just a session for me out of town yeah. that I had to bring my amp to, bring yeah. my amp with me. I had yeah. to drive across the George Washington Bridge, right. as opposed to going to Electric Lady, which is downtown, the same deal, uh -huh. or Columbia 30th Street, which is the same right. deal, basically, but far off the... Um, typical studio circuit in New York. Yeah, yeah. And they were kind of like, you know, long distance gigs. You had to make sure you can get back to your next gig in time. Yeah. Um, because it was so far away. But George was right, great with um, work there. Um, I've worked with, I can't remember all the people I worked no, with. No, up, of course uh, not. There. No, but like Tom Dowd, for instance, he was so inventive in terms of, he was developing technology all the time. You know, oh, I've got, a, I've got a new thing that I can do and, you know. Well, I wouldn't see that. I only hear that in the, the finished product. But working right. with him in the studio, Reef, um, Jerry Wexler, he was cool. I mean, they they basically stayed out of the way. Yes. And let the musicians work and you know sort things out. Yeah. Reef was a great arranger. Um, I'm leaving out of probably a ton of people who sure, I can't sure. think of, okay, of right now. Right. But I think about the um, the artists, you know, yeah. um, different artists I worked for. Mm -hmm. It was fun working with Nina Simone when she right. produced records. Uh -huh. um, she would um, basically let you. Give you, they called you because they wanted something from you as opposed yes, to yes. having something written out that they could like basically was kind of set yes. or something was set they think well you can spice up and make it better. Yes. So that was basically um, the main ingredient would call me to do overdubs basically. Uh -huh. um, they were good producers um, that I can think of but um, it's been a while since I've been in that you know, kind of uh, format. Well, not after this, not after this uh, session here. Everybody's going to be calling again. Oh, that'd be nice. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm going to have to do a bass nerd thing now and ask you to talk about the bass you're playing because it's outrageous. Oh, Mona. I've never, yeah, Mona. <laughs> well, 
I'm going to ask you about this. Ramona's <laughs> a work in progress. She's, yeah. been, she's kind of been settled this way for a number of years. Um, so are you getting a good shot of this base? Good. Okay. So talk about, first of all, talk about these silly things. <laughs> these silly things? Yeah. Oh, these, were, these were, this goes back to a time in my life when I had changed my name, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, in fact, um, you go on Wikipedia, you see the different spellings of my names, different oh, yeah. names I've used yeah, yeah. over the last 50 years. Right. And one of them was Rasan and Fahmy. Uh -huh. So there used to be an R here uh -huh. and an M here. Uh -huh. And so I didn't want to, you know, to, to take that out. I couldn't just like carve the base out. So uh -huh. at one point you see pictures where there was this circles here. Uh -huh. I hadn't figured it out yet. Okay, I see. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So I figured the, the fill of the blanks were just a bunch of um, stones so you wouldn't know what the R was from the M. Nice, nice. Well, you, you, you achieved that. <laughs> I achieved that. Yeah, you don't know what it is. Yeah, so that, was, that was until they just started calling you Sir. Yeah, well, in case that didn't work, you know, I got the strap. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so oh, yeah, I'm Jeremy Jermatt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, so now tell me about all of this completely crazy thing here. Well, beginning with this, this was a... Uh, um, invention of a company called Circuit Ideas back in the um, 70s and 80s in New York and you would plug in the um, AC plug here and plug it into the wall to nice. charge the internal battery. Wow. Okay. And so you charge, you wouldn't have to have a, you wouldn't go into the back and do anything. There's nothing right, underneath right. here. It's all here. So the and pickups are, are powered? They were powered. The sense that I've unpowered them. Oh, you unpowered And I okay. changed the switch to um, an off and on switch. Yes. This is an in and out of Oh, I see. That's the rubber band sound. Right, so that gives you a whole sense of, um, I very rarely use it. Yes, um, I, I can see it, why. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, too. <laughs> but so I turned that into this, um, This and I don't use it, this is the off and on switch. So oh, right. okay. I'm doing a show, yeah. you know, I put my bass down, yeah, you turn change it the music, whatever, yeah, blah, right. blah, 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 but I have exactly. the bass yeah. being, yeah. changing yeah. the tone settings. And this is the um, volume for the um, bass for the uh, treble pickup, uh -huh. and this is the volume for the bass pickup. Uh -huh. Well, nice. actually, the neck pickup, uh -huh. and the um, no, this is the neck pickup. This is the bridge pickup. I'm right, right. Wrong terminology. Okay. And this is the master volume that controls yeah. everything. So yeah. I can um, basically I use the off and on switch, and everything stays the same. Well, speaking of basically, talk to me about your bridge here. Oh. The bridge, oh, this is one of the best bridges ever invented. This is a Babsic bridge, and it um, keeps the, the strings in the same position. So no matter how hard you play, they don't um, go out of tune, basically. Right. Wow. And I play pretty aggressively, so... Uh, um, yes, you do. I would hate to be underneath your strings while you're playing. You, you hate to be a string. No, I hate to be a string. And are your, are your strings light gauge, medium gauge, what are they? These are actually Ken Smith strings that are, I call them um, um, medium, medium. Uh, medium something. Because when I picked up your bass, reverently I might add, when, when I picked it up, I, I, I didn't feel that they were big, heavy, fat telegraph. No, ones. no, they're, they're, the medium gauge and they're, um, half, they're, ha they're half round, oh, okay. so they're, they're round strings that are ground round yes, halfway. Yes, 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 I, I used to use the bell of quarter rounds, but they said they're hard to get. Uh -huh. um, so I set up with something that I can, was accessible to me, I can get just like that. Right, good. So yeah. I've been using these for um, 
Oh, about they, 20 years at least. They should give them to you for free, of course. Well, that would be nice, but you know, they have to make their money. They give me an artist price. So if you're an artist, you're a bass player. Guys, it's okay. Ken Smith, he'll give yeah. you an artist price. Right, good, good. Well, that's fantastic. Well, I had to do that for my bass nerd friends out here. And uh, just interestingly, the, the, so the whole neck is not, is not uh, a Fender neck. Oh, no, this is Fender necks in that age. You know Carl Thompson? Thompson, Carl Thompson no, basses? No, go ahead. Well, he was, um, he has a famous bass. He's making basses for um, now for, um, and back then for Stanley Clark. Okay. And um, he got tired of fixing my bass and Ron Carter's bass and Richard Davis's bass. Because uh -huh. we all had jazz basses and the necks would always get out of tune and they get warped. Because okay. they weren't that well made. And so he started his own company based upon that fact. Yes. So. I was having trouble with my Fender basses like everybody else was, and um, I went to ESP. Arlen Roth, in fact, took me to ESP, and um, I pulled this one off the shelf, and it's wow. been on there since 1982. This same neck. Wow. Well, that's a great neck, and I and I notice it is a small radius neck. I mean, it's mm -hmm. not it's not uh, 9.5. I think it's a 7.5 inch radius. You're probably right. But it's very easy on the. Um, it's not. It's not much as easy, but it, is, it and, feels good to me. And just notice, uh, viewers, look at the length of those. The stretch. I mean, those are not small fingers that this guy has. Well, it's this see, you can get you can get to a lot of stuff. I guess I can. And one finger, you know, one finger per fret the old idea. It's but then again, I get up here, they get in the way. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I got to pull back and squeeze them. That's the art of playing. You have yeah, to know what. Right. What to do, what position, you know, what to do. Indeed. Um, so Indeed. it's um right. Indeed. They do help, but when they like when I control when I can control them, yes. it's wonderful. So so tell me a little bit. You were you did tell me that you're planning on making an instructional video, and you have a great name for it. The base in you. Well, that's that's a good name too. <laughs> you have you but you had another thing called. I think Passions and Rhythms. Oh, um, I like that one. Patterns and Passions. Patterns and Passions, yes. Look for it, folks. That's going to be a, a segment of um, the video, basically. It's going to bring you back to the base in you. Right. But it's something that's like an addendum to it, um, an afterthought that I've come about. Um, just the joy of playing music and what gives you... Um, I look at... There are like 10 elements that I have, 10 components and 5 elements that I use to kind of encapsulate caps, what it takes to be a good musician. Right. I call it solar energy yes. um, because everything is based upon solar energy and I kind of broke it down to passion, compassion, mental fortitude, physical endurance, and I'm leaving something out. It'll come back to me. Your memory's better than mine. <laughs> okay. Um, it's in my book. I can't think of it right yes, now. Yes, it's in the book. But then you have the elements of um, the components of knowledge, the groove, technique, creativity, and skill. Mm. These are things you can actually measure. Yes. Like compassion and passion, intangibles. Yes. Mental fortitude, physical endurance. These are the things that um, kind of hold everything together. Right. So, and there's, in other words, if you don't have the passion, you have to develop the passion to want to practice and to want to study. By playing patterns, you're able to kind of, I can see where that can be of quite helpful in terms of having something to do that you love to do that might ex execute, um, helping your execution of certain 
um, things that you find you have trouble doing. Sure. So sure. I'm a troubleshooter. I look for things that I can't do. Yes. Like in my particular case, these two fingers here are hard times working. So I play things particularly that's going to. Um, Them work demands that work. A couple so of Jerry Dumont exercises for you folks. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I try things that challenge me basically. Yes, yes. And that's how I improve and I joyfully go to playing these tunes because it's going to help me execute everything else better. Well, your playing helps everybody execute everything better. <laughs> I appreciate that. So thank you. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, folks, you know where to get it right here on Radio Richard. Jerry, and also remember this if you'd like to, you can subscribe to Radio Richard. Thank you. All right. Yes. Okay. See you soon, gang. All right. Thanks for having me.